Welcome to the podcast of the United Church of Bogota. We are a Bible-based church ministering to the English-speaking community in Bogota, Colombia. We invite you to join our diverse fellowship as we encounter God in worship and experience the impact of His grace on every part of our lives and in our world. To learn more, please visit our website at ucbogota.org. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, it's, a, it's a real privilege to bring the word to you all this morning. Yeah, great to see everyone here. It's like the Sundays are getting fuller and fuller. That's, that's awesome. It's awesome. So welcome. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalm 66. Psalm 66. We're continuing our Summer of Psalms series, of course, and if you were here with us last week, Bryce asked the question, how do we grow to become people characterized by our praise? It was an excellent question since he was preaching from this Thanksgiving psalm, and we are encouraged to do three things. We are encouraged to adjust our vision, adjust our priorities, and adjust our voices. And when I was listening to that sermon last week, the second point, adjusting our priorities, it struck me because if I'm being honest with myself, I can get caught up in pursuing things rather than pursuing God. And so that was really encouraging uh, and uh, convicting and checking for for me. Uh, Today we'll continue in another Thanksgiving psalm, which is Psalm 66. But I have a question for you all, specifically for the parents here this morning. Uh, How many of you all have inquisitive children, children that like to ask a lot of of questions? Yeah? Sorry if you raise your hand, you know. I know some of your children, so you can go ahead and, yeah, thank you. Um, Yes, these are great kids, right? These are kids who really want to know a lot of what's going on around them, and the way that they know is that they ask questions to people around them to get those answers. I know this because I direct the children's ministry, and when I'm teaching Sunday school, I get a lot of really interesting questions when it comes to teaching God's Word and and teaching the Bible. A few questions that your children, yes, your children have asked me before is, what happened to the dinosaurs? Right? We're reading and studying in Genesis and things like that. Eventually, you know, we won't hear the word dinosaurs. So they might ask me, what happened to the dinosaurs? That's a legit question, right? Another question I got from your children, yes, your children, is do angels sin? That's, that's also a really good question to ask. Another question I got was, do babies go to heaven? Do babies go to heaven? And so these are coming from your children. And as a teacher, I'm really thankful that they're engaged in this way, asking really, really deep questions. Uh, Some questions off topic because my, my lessons upstairs are not about dinosaurs. But when they're asking me these questions, it's really good for me as a teacher to point them in the right direction, especially if I don't know the exact answer. But also what I like about these questions is that it helps me to articulate my faith to children who are, in some cases, learning about the gospel for the first time, which is really beautiful. And it also reminds me about why we do what we do, 
right? And so here's my question for you as we shift from the how of last week's sermon to the why of this week. The question is, why do we praise God? Why do we praise God, right? And so, in other words, why is praise such an essential part of the Christian faith? And I know many of you can answer the question and say, oh, because that's what we were made for. And that's true, right? That's, that's part of the question. We were made in God's image, and we're made to give him glory and honor. Yes. But some of us, we might think, well, I'm not, if you were to ask me that question, I, I really don't know. I'm not there yet. I don't know what to say if you were to ask me that question. I can't really say that God is worthy to be praised. I, re- I really don't know, or at least I don't feel that way. I mean, we look at the suffering and pain of this world, it's, it's kind of hard to, to give God praise. I mean, it's really hard. So some of you might be feeling that way. And thankfully, Psalm 66, I think it addresses some of that hardship that we feel, in some cases might be facing today. But I want to address three reasons, highlight three reasons why God deserves our praise. The first reason is because God has done great deeds. Second reason is because God has kept us, kept his people. And the third reason is because God hears our cry. He hears the prayers of his people. And so if you have Psalm 66, if you turn there, I'll invite you to stand as we read God's word together. This is Psalm 66. The psalm to the choir master, a song, a psalm. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Selah. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You have laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. I will come into your house with burnt offerings, I will perform my vows to you. That which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble, I will offer to you burnt offerings of fattened animals with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Selah. Come in here, all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, And high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, 
because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. This is God's word. You may be seated. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Um, We can't thank you enough. Even if we did have a thousand tongues, we can't thank you enough for what you've done, who you are. And so I ask, Father, that you would bring clarity to this word. I ask that you would bring understanding to this psalm. And I pray that we would be able to uh, have hearts of thanksgiving moving forward, continue to have hearts of thanksgiving when we praise and honor your name. So be with us in this sermon this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So he has done great things. This is another Thanksgiving psalm, Psalm 66. And David is starting off this psalm by calling everyone to praise the name of God, even when we read the first four verses. As a matter of fact, these first four verses can work as a call to worship, right? Um, a, a reminder that we are all called to worship our God, giving glory and honor to his name, um, and that being part of the way that we praise our God. But, but who, is, who is we when we talk about um, us? Who is we? Is it just adults? Are believers the we? Is it church members the we? It's everyone. Everyone is the we. We are all called to praise God. We look at verse 1, it says, shout for joy to God, all the earth. Verse 4, all the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. So this plurality of praise reminds me of Paul's words in Philippians 2 verses 9 and 11. It says, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so what we have here is that the first four verses mirrors a lot of the other um, scriptures in the psalm. As a matter of fact, if you all can remember, our call to worship this morning was from Psalm 63, and I preached on that a couple weeks ago. So we have this repetition of David starting off exalting and praising God's name because there's so much praise on David's heart. But what is David praising God for? Right? That's a legit question to ask. Let's look at verses 5 through 7. It says, Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds towards the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There did we worship and rejoice in him who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. And so what is David doing in these, these verses, verses 5 through 7? He's, he's looking at what God has done for the Israelites, and he's beginning to share their testimony. Right? We look at verse 6, that's a little snippet reminding us of what God had, did, had done for the Israelites when, when they were evading the Pharisees or Pharaoh and the Egyptians. God used Moses to part the Red Sea, one of the most bizarre moments in Israelite history, in my opinion. Imagine you have these Israelites 
panicking and fear, confused. Even when you flip back to Exodus, some of them were actually negotiating how they should surrender, thinking, well, it's a lot better just to you know, be their slaves rather than to be free and die out here. And in that moment, God literally made a way for his people. That's an awesome, awesome act. And just a side note, when you look at Exodus and you see that bizarre, wonderful story that reflects God's great deed, the Bible is full of God's awesome deeds. So you won't, you won't have trouble finding more awesome deeds that God performs in, in, in his word. So as we look at the Red Sea, David is sharing the testimony of his people. God literally made a way, and that is unmistakably the act of a loving and caring God. But what about us, right? We're being reminded about what God has done for the Israelites in this passage. But what has God done for us, right? Well, I'll tell you, God sent his beloved son to earth in the form of human to live a perfect life, take on our sin at the cross, die for us, be resurrected, and reign as our king forever. That's what God has done for us. Children of God, that's what he's done. He's done that for you, and he's done that for me. That is the greatest act in human history that we can ever witness. I like the way that Michael Rivers, or Michael Reeves, rather, uh, the author of Rejoicing in Christ, puts it this way. He says, what do you most enjoy about the gospel? There are so many answers you could give, of course. Guilt drowned in the blood of Christ, free salvation, the hope of the new creation, death defeated and all tears wiped away. But the Apostle Paul, he spoke of a deeper treasure, which stands above and before them as a wellspring of them all. He described his message as the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. For the Spirit has opened our eyes to see not merely that Christ is true, but more, that Christ is glorious, precious, desirable, captivating, satisfying, delightful. Joy always comes through encountering beauty. And in Christ is found the highest beauty. And as believers in Christ, it's crucial that we remind ourselves of his awesome deeds. And Jesus' life and his death and resurrection was the greatest one of them. So how do we do that? How do we remind ourselves of his awesome deeds? Well, first, we have the word that we can study and review his awesome deeds And secondly, just like David is sharing the testimony of the Israelites, we too ought to share our testimony with one another. It's interesting, when I'm I'm preaching, I can see everyone in attendance, and I know most of you uh, really well, and over the years of living in Bogota and serving at UCB, I've gotten to know your stories, and it's really, really encouraging to me to understand and know how God has chased after you and how he's captivated you with the gospel. 
And so as brothers and sisters in Christ, I encourage you all to do the same thing as to share your testimony with one another, to see how God is working in you and through you. God deserves praise because of his awesome deeds. He also deserves praise because he keeps his people. And now we read in the passage that David is recounting the instances where the Israelites endured loads of hardship, really, really hard situations. So let's reread verses 10 through 12. It says, For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you brought us out to a place of abundance. Doesn't it seem like these few verses are a bit out of place? I mean, if David is talking about ways in which we should praise God, then why is he remembering the hardship that the Israelites have faced? Why is he remembering the hardship that, in some cases, he has faced as king of Israel? Furthermore, why does David frame it in such a way that suggests that God is letting these things happen to God's people, right? God's chosen people, Well, first, let's address the fact that David is recognizing that God has tested his people, right? Meaning that his people have intentionally undergone exceptionally hard things in order to realize that it is God who is bringing them through those trials. And it's interesting here that David, he's not even trying to figure out that maybe they're going through these hard things because of their disobedience or their sin. He's he's not doing that, and that's not stated in the verses, But what is stated is that God has kept his people through that hardship. You brought us to a place of abundance. This this practice of praising God by realizing the hardship that you might be facing in the moment is very familiar to the Apostle Paul. There was a time that Paul was writing to the Philippian church while he was in prison. And over the course of his life, that moment while he was writing to the Philippian church was not the first time that he would be imprisoned in his lifetime. But his reaction to his sentencing is really encouraging when you read Philippians, right? There he was sitting in a cell writing to the Philippian church about how God is using his incarceration, his imprisonment to further the gospel. He didn't complain. He didn't lose faith. He proclaimed his faith while he was in prison. This is what Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 and 18 say. It says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, 
not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that, I rejoice. So in this psalm, David knows that God has tested his people. He recognizes that there will be circumstances in all of our lives that bring suffering and pain. And that's true for everyone, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. But here's what I want to warn against. I want to warn against developing a hard heart towards the good news because of the suffering and the pain that we face on a regular basis. Some of us right here in this room are having a really hard time hearing this sermon about praise because we are focused on our suffering. We think to ourselves, we might ask ourselves this classic question, if God is so good, then why is there so much pain and suffering in the world? That's, that's a fair question. That's a fair question to ask. And you're not wrong in acknowledging that there is suffering that's going on in your life and in the world around us. After all, we do live in a fallen world. That's a big topic, and I can't cover and answer that question fully in this sermon, but I can say this. God knows that you're suffering. Not only that, he is your comfort. He's your only hope. And if you belong to him, I'll tell you the same thing that Moses told Joshua before Joshua led the Israelites. And this can be found in Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. It's a pretty familiar verse. It says, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Some of your versions say, be discouraged. So our God deserves our praise because he has done great things. He keeps his people and he hears our cry. He hears our prayers. Let's look at verses 16 through 20. It says, come in here, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. So you notice here that David, he's transitioning from more of a corporate praise, remember everyone praise God, to an individual praise. David is so thankful that God has heard his prayers. He also points out in verse 18 that he is not cherishing his sin against God when he comes to him in prayer. Bryce mentioned this last week, but David, he is, um, he is a man who has struggled with numerous sins in the Bible, but he is not relishing in that sin when he's coming to God for forgiveness or when he's coming to God to praise God or even when he's coming to him to petition something. Our God, the God of David, the God of Moses, the creator 
of heaven and earth hears the prayers of those who believe in him. And if you're like me, you've been to church ever since you were a wee little boy and you've understood this truth, you've heard this truth on numerous occasions, but I'm here to tell you that's an extraordinary truth. Our God hears the prayers of those who believe in him. And so how do we ensure that he hears our prayers? Well, we pray the way that Jesus wanted us to pray. And this is found in Matthew 6, verses 9 and 13. And this prayer is pretty familiar once you hear this. It says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So that's the Lord's Prayer. And so as believers, we must pray in line with God's will. That's why the Lord's Prayer is a great example of a prayer that we can pray to ensure that God hears us. And so when you look in and start to analyze the Lord's Prayer, it starts off with adoration to God. Right? Our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed meaning honored. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And that's very interesting because sometimes our prayers, my prayers, can petition for something really self-centered. But your will be done, that's very Christ-centered. And he hears that. All right? Your will be done. And then the Lord's Prayer goes on into confessing and asking that God supply our needs like only he can. And by looking at the Lord's Prayer, we realize that praying is indeed an act of praise as well, right? The Lord heard David's prayer because David's heart is so after God's heart, meaning that David is often praying exactly what God's will is for his life. And he knows God. And he knows what God has done. And so therefore, he goes out and tells fellow believers. In verse 16, it says, Come in here, all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for my soul. And the same goes for us. As we pray, God hears us and he answers. And so we should go out and tell others what God has done and how he has answered our prayers as well. Each one of us were created to praise our God. Our lives, our relationships, our circumstances are all designed to honor God. And because we are praising the creator of all things, we have so many reasons to praise him. We have so many reasons. The greatest act that God has done for his people can be realized when we look at the cross. God keeps us and he hears us because Jesus is our intercessor. He died and he resurrected so that we can have a relationship with God, be a part of his family. And so again, when we look at the cross, we realize that Jesus underwent the most grueling death so that God could be glorified in us. And that's what it's all about. We as believers have the privilege of praising God and praying to our God as a result of what Jesus did 
on the cross and what he continues to do for us. And so let's go to him in prayer now to thank God for what he has done in all of our lives. Let's pray. Father God, um, you are indeed our God. And so we consider it a privilege to come to you and have our voices heard when we pray, when we petition for your will to be done. Continue to shape our hearts so that we can walk in line with your will. Continue to grow our love and, and have us share our testimony so we can better understand not only how God is working in our lives, but how God is uh, working in the lives of others. Um, we consider that such a privilege. Thank you so much for keeping us, especially through hardship, especially through suffering and pain. Um, God, you are so powerful and so mysterious that you use all of that for your glory. Um, let us not be dismayed when those hardships come. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for walking with us. And thank you for performing great deeds. Your greatest deed being sending down your son Jesus to die for us so that we can be reconciled back to you. Thank you so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to support the ministry of UCB, please visit our website at ucbogota.org.